Bonjour, hello, and welcome to Close Up on Canada, the podcast from the McGill Institute for the Study of Canada. I'm your host, Daniel Bill. This season, we are talking about how Canada is facing the future in an age of global uncertainty. Today, we are talking about the state of homelessness in Canada. The challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic on Canada's homelessness sector are really clear. But apart from emergency funding measures, there's been no enhancement to permanent federal homelessness funding announced since the beginning of the pandemic. And there are a lot of looming challenges uh, that remain in sight. To discuss the long-term impacts of the pandemic on homelessness and how we can actually address this problem here in this country, we are pleased to be joined today by Dr. Nick Falvo. Nick is a Calgary-based research consultant with a PhD in public policy from Carleton University. He is a member of the editorial board of the Canadian Review of Social Policy. He is also Editor-in-Chief, North America, of the International Journal on Homelessness. Nick, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Daniel. It's an honor. Great. So, of course, we have a lot of things to talk about today because it's a very important topic. In terms of government policy, but also uh, from what you've seen uh, on the ground in your research, how would you characterize the, step, the state of homelessness in Canada at the onset of the pandemic? So let's move back a bit. Let's step back and think about how things were in Canada at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, that's an interesting question, Daniel. I got into the sector in 1998, and uh, I'm still in the sector 23 years later. And what I noticed prior to the pandemic was uh, a shift in Canada towards what I would call the Americanization of homelessness policy. Uh, all of a sudden in the mid 2000s across Canada, some cities in particular, we started to see a very sophisticated approach to uh, the enumeration of homelessness, the tracking of trends and the use of data, experimentation of different forms of policy, uh, trying to do more with less, less of a focus on the broader social welfare system, more of a focus on what's in front of you and what you can do in terms of managing resources. And I'd say communication also got more sophisticated and so did strategic planning. So it was almost like all of a sudden we had a group of MBAs around a table deciding what to do about homelessness. And the, the old guard, the folks who were more grassroots became less dominant. So it, it became quite a, an interesting time in homelessness planning in in Canada, and I certainly saw that shift play out quite vividly. You mentioned the changing of the guard. Is this something that's about international influence? How do you explain this shift? I'm going to embarrass my former professors here, but if I'm not mistaken, Harold Innes wrote about Canadians getting ideas from the U.S. about public policy when they should have been getting the ideas elsewhere. They should have been getting them everywhere, but apparently we had this laser-sharp focus on the U.S., I think something similar happened in the homelessness world. I think that there were some sophisticated, there are still some sophisticated advocates in the United States who are used to um, navigating in fairly conservative environments, certainly from a costing standpoint. And I think that some of the more uh, domineering advocates in Canada got a lot of ideas from their American counterparts. They started to see 
communication strategies and management strategies appear to play well in the U.S. And so they sort of brought them here to Canada and they caught on rather quickly in some cities more than others. I think they were very, um, those approaches have been very successful and dominant in Calgary where I am now and where I can say that the, the corporate world has a major influence on the nonprofit sector. We're considered a very American city. By contrast, in the province of Quebec, this has not happened to the same extent. Provincial homelessness officials and municipal homelessness officials in the province of Quebec have been quite resistant to this Americanization of homelessness. And so you'll see that uh, the kinds of things I'm talking about, like the strong focus on enumeration and sophisticated triage, those are not very common in Quebec, but they're more common in Alberta. If you look back to before the pandemic, do you think some provinces and cities were doing better than others? So not thinking about the U.S. influence or other countries, but within Canada, uh, as you alluded to, we have different approaches between regions, provinces. Uh, do you think that these differences were, were quite sharp or that overall the differences were, were not that dramatic? I think the way Calgary was approaching homelessness versus the way Montreal was approaching homelessness were very different. And that was, I'd say, beginning in the mid to late 2000s. Uh, in Calgary, it started with the formation of the Calgary Homeless Foundation, which was very corporately influenced, uh, which I'm not saying is necessarily a bad thing. There are advantages to the corporatization of a sector. There are positive things that can be taken from that approach. But certainly it's, it is night and day right now, I would say, between Calgary and Montreal. Uh, to take one example, in Calgary, we have something called uh, triage. Triage for people who are experiencing homelessness and need to be sort of funneled into the available resources to help them get housed. Our triage system is called Coordinated Access and Assessment. I think we've had it in place for at least a decade. So service providers meet on a regular basis to talk about which individuals will go into which resources. Resources are pooled. People who needed to need to access those services are presented. Their cases are being are presented in a very methodical way. Uh, nothing like that happens in Montreal. And there are no immediate plans for that to happen in Montreal either. So that's a very interesting contrast between Calgary and Montreal. Another example would be uh, enumeration, counting people who are homeless. I think Montreal had its first point in time count about two or three years ago. It might have been 2018. I think that was the first one. Maybe there was a, a 2016 one, but it's only been in the past five years that Montreal has started to count its homeless population in a methodologically, I guess, consistent way. It's been happening in Calgary for 20 years. So that's another key example between the two cities. You mentioned that you really started to get involved in this field in the late 1990s. You obviously know a lot about the topic and you're passionate about it. So how did uh, your work start? Could you tell us a bit more about your experience, how and why you started to study homelessness and what projects you've been involved in over the years? So in the 1990s, I was studying political science, <clears throat> first at Queen's University and then York University. And increasingly, I was getting interested in uh, poverty broadly. I was concerned about uh, who was not faring well in a world with a lot of income inequality and wealth inequality. And while I was starting to shift my focus in the classroom on these topics, I found that the classroom experience only brought me so far 
into an understanding of these topics. And I, I reached a point where I said, I need to get out there in the sector. I need to start actually meeting people who are experiencing poverty and working in the sector. But um, I did have a, a professor help me get into the sector. He, his son was in the sector. He introduced me and his son helped me get a, my first uh, part-time job at a homeless shelter in Toronto. And that was in the late 1990s. So for about 10 years, uh, I worked at various uh, jobs on the front line in Toronto's homelessness sector, including an employment program, uh, including time as a mental health outreach worker, and also at several shelters and drop-in centers. So I learned a lot about what was going on on the front line. And then I decided to go back to school in 2008 and start a PhD in public policy at Carleton. And then as I left that program, I was um, invited to apply for a job at the Calgary Homeless Foundation as Director of Research and Data. So that was an interesting experience because I got to see up front what that kind of a sophisticated management of, of uh, resources looked like. And now for the past two years, I've been uh, an independent research consultant working out of my home. You have had a fascinating path, and you're clearly in a good position to actually have monitored what has happened during the COVID-19 pandemic in terms of homelessness in Canada. What are the main challenges uh, that emerge uh, during this public health crisis? How did homelessness fare uh, in terms of government responses during the pandemic? Well, one of the problems was challenges, I should say, is a lot of services closed their doors. Uh, services in general in Canada closed their doors during the pandemic to try to create more physical space between people. This became challenging for people who were socially isolated and depended on services every day. It's not uncommon for someone experiencing homelessness, for example, to go to a drop-in center. In Montreal, I think they call them day centers, to go to one or more such day centers on a regular basis to meet people, to receive assistance from staff, and to eat. Often meals are served at those facilities. When all of a sudden they're shut down or their hours are reduced, that service is withdrawn essentially, and it creates uh, it creates uh, social isolation challenges for people experiencing homelessness. It reduces the contact they have with social workers, and it also creates major food security challenges for them. So that's one big challenge. Another one is we're all told to stay home. We're all told <laughs> these guidelines: stay in your home and don't go out. Well, if you're homeless, you have no home, so you can't take the most fundamental advice. And so what people experiencing homelessness had to do was they had to stay in congregate areas around people. And so fortunately, uh, officials in the sector worked very hard to create more distance between people to sort of reduce intake at existing facilities and create new facilities, create more physical space between bodies, but only to a certain extent. So often two meters of distance was established between each person. In many Alberta shelters and even some shelters in Ottawa, they couldn't even achieve two meters of distance. And yet we were being told to not even be around, you know, the rest of us were being told, don't even be around other people that aren't in your family. If you're homeless, you're just told, go into that facility. It's got a little bit more physical distance, a little bit more physical distance than it used to before the pandemic. So that was a very uh, fundamental challenge during the pandemic. In terms of funding and government responses, do you think that there was an adequate response uh, in terms of federal money, provincial and, and municipal uh, responses? Do you think that the, the support was there when, when needed uh, during the pandemic or that we fell short? 
I can tell you that the degree of assistance surprised me. I was pleasantly surprised by the degree of assistance. Uh, the federal response in particular. Prior to the pandemic, the federal government was spending approximately $200 million annually on homelessness through a program called Reaching Home. And that's a program uh, administered by Employment and Social Development Canada. That funding has roughly doubled during the pandemic. I did not expect that. Uh, I don't see very often governments doubling their spending on anything. Uh, the bad news is these were temporary cash injections, not permanent, but they were temporary. They were they they happened nonetheless, and they they represented very substantial increases in funding. Communities who were spending the money, because what happens is the federal government allocates that to different community entities across the country. They they, buy, they typically bypass the province. Communities then were given more flexibility in terms of how they were to spend it. They, they were to look, we know we had these rather rigid rules before, but given the fact that we're in a pandemic, please go ahead and use it as you see fit. That was welcomed as well. Provincial and territorial governments have generally also increased funding, but their spending on homelessness has not been as transparent or easy to document. So it's a little hard to say what they've spent more on. Uh, municipally, the response has mostly been around planning. Municipal governments have increased some of their own source funding, but generally they've been planning more and engaging more. So certainly the public policy response has been impressive and uh, a lot of resources have been moved around quickly. So what have we learned from the pandemic? Have we learned something about homelessness and about how to really address uh, homelessness during this pandemic or... Have we just thrown more money on a temporary basis and then things will just go back to what they were before? What's your take on that? I think we've seen impressive improvements with respect to health officials. Historically in Canada, many health officials, certainly provincial and territorial health officials, have often not seen homelessness as their problem. They've seen it as the problem of social services officials, not health challenges, not health officials. During the pandemic, uh, municipal or officials from across the country have reported that there have been improved collaboration from health officials. Now they, they realize that they have to face homelessness uh, directly. They have to be engaged in day-to-day -day planning. They have to bring health services to people experiencing homelessness. We don't know how much longer that's going to last, but it's certainly been a welcome change. On the other hand, uh, corrections Uh, the correction sector, for the most part, has been very disappointing across Canada during the homelessness crisis during the pandemic. Uh, corrections officials, for the most part, are still not uh, engaging in ongoing conversations with homelessness officials when people are being discharged from institutions. So there are some examples of good cooperation, including in Quebec City, by the way. Uh, there, there have been some bright lights in Edmonton where the, you know, one particular institution has a good working relationship with a health facility. So a person receives a warm transfer as they're leaving and they get connected to somebody at that health facility. But for the most part, our provincial and territorial corrections officials are not doing a very good job of communicating with the health, with the homelessness officials when a person is being discharged from an institution. So some good and some bad news, I suppose. So it's uh, not black or white, but gray here. But let's turn to the future. How do you see the future of homelessness in Canada? What, where are we heading? And also, especially important here, how can we improve our responses to homelessness? 
beyond the pandemic? I think we're going to see a, a rise in homelessness over the next several years. And I say that largely because we are currently in the middle of an economic crisis. We're talking a lot about the public health crisis, but of course there's an economic crisis as well. A lot of people have been out of work. A lot of people have been having reduced hours. This has been particularly difficult for people at the low end of the labor market or the not so well paying end of the, the labor market. And the research is fairly clear that unemployment is a strong predictor of homelessness. So I think we are going to see more homelessness, but there will be a lag effect as there often is with recessions because the full impact of a recession is often not felt for up to five years after it starts. So I think that over the next several years, some communities are gonna see a rise in homelessness. Some won't, some will have a relatively soft rental markets where rent won't go up much, it may even go down. But any, I think any community that sees a rise in rent levels and a decrease in rental vacancy rates is gonna see a rise in homelessness as well. And some people in Canada are seeing that visibly already with the rise of encampments. Montreal never used to have encampments. Over the past few years, it's had several encampments. Toronto uh, has seen large encampments. This has been a big issue in Edmonton as well and Vancouver. So we're already seeing visible signs of increased homelessness and we're gonna continue seeing that, I think. What should government do about that? I think it's very important to get in front of that, recognize the likely increase and start uh, investing in prevention programs. There are lots of prevention programs across the country and this is an area that's, um, that's growing quite quickly. People are being more and more innovative in terms of preventing homelessness just before it starts. I think Canada's federal government needs to lead a process where uh, communities are encouraged to funnel money into prevention initiatives, which often means getting money quickly into the hands of people who are just about to experience homelessness or who have just become homeless. There's lots of innovation across Canada. In fact, I'm writing a report about that right now. And I think that the more communities are encouraged to invest in prevention, the more we can soften the blow of what will likely be a rise in homelessness. So maybe one last question, because an idea that uh, we have heard a lot over the last decade, even more, is housing first. And some people think that it's really a solution uh, to at least some forms of homelessness. And I know the government, the federal government under Harper really promoted that, and it's still a major idea out there. Do you think that this is the way of the future or that this is something that can solve some limited problems, but is not a, a silver bullet? It's part of the Americanization of homelessness that I was talking about earlier. It's the notion that, um, I mean, in principle, what it means is when a person needs housing and they're homeless, you should immediately give them uh, subsidized housing with the requisite amount of social work support. This is not a new idea in Canada. Can Canadians were doing this um, from the 1980s, but yet uh, housing first became a brand uh, imported from the United States that all of a sudden uh, suggested that we discovered something brand new. It wasn't that new actually, but it's sensible. It's sensible to give somebody who's homeless subsidized housing with social work support but one has to be careful that they don't exaggerate the impact it's going to have. It's a bit like um, basic income, talking about basic income like it's revolutionary. Basic income ideas are not that revolutionary. They involve enhancing funding and removing silly rules. <laughs> That's really what it's all about. So I think Housing First is important. It's an effective narrative, but ultimately 
if we want to make a serious dent in homelessness, it's very important that we discuss the social welfare system. Canada has one of the stingiest social welfare systems in the OECD. As long as we have a stingy social welfare system, I think we're going to have a stingy homelessness. Well, thank you very much for your insight, Nick. Uh, this was really a great conversation about the major topic. And really, I hope that Canadians will keep talking about homelessness and that governments across the country will put their money where their mouth is. That was uh, Nick Falvo, one of Canada's most prominent researchers in uh, applied social policy, affordable housing, and uh, homelessness. To learn more about the McGill Institute for the Study of Canada, our academic programs, and our public event, please visit us at mcgill.ca slash misc. You can follow us on Twitter at miscan, M-I-S-C-C-A-N, And of course, you can subscribe for more episodes of Close Up on Canada. Thank you to our producer, Blair Elliott, and the staff at MISC, and to you for listening. Merci et à la prochaine.